Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back to the C2C podcast. Today's guest is Kim Han. She's currently the global head of community over at Consciousness Hacking. And Consciousness Hacking is a global community of people that get together in cities all over the world to become more mentally, emotionally, and spiritually whole and build a future that helps us instead of harming us. Now, this is incredible because they've grown to about 50 chapters organically. And she's going to explain the values and the culture that has helped them reach this point of such incredible organic growth. She's also going to touch on the people who run the events, what she looks for, and so, so much more. So without further ado, please enjoy the show. Kim, it's great to have you. Tell us about consciousness hacking. What is it all about? For me, I mean, everybody has some, something slightly different. For me, it's the place where people gather and these people are deeply rational, deeply emotional, and deeply spiritual. And we all gather together and learn something new. We try to focus on integrity and curiosity and growth. But for a lot of people, they feel that consciousness hacking is the, a community in the intersection of technology and consciousness. Great. And, and so you're the head of global head of community. I know you do many things, but what are your most important tasks or responsibilities in that role? Yeah. So I came from the role as, I guess, the director of operations where I was running a lot of the local events here in San Francisco. And then I moved on to only speaking to chapter leaders who weren't in San Francisco. And so in a couple of weeks, Tokyo will be launching their first event. And we also have just a uh, maybe Seattle chapters, Mumbai might be starting. And so I just talk to them over Zoom, like we're doing here. And I tell them what it's like to run a community here in San Francisco and how we can do that for Tokyo. Maybe they can't do eye gazing because it's too intense for that culture there. And so so how do we iterate it so that they could have a chapter in, in their city as well? So you have about 50 chapters. And do you know, I mean, can you explain what was the catalyst for growth or what were there different inflection points of that growth and and how that came about? It's actually all been organic. Pretty much somebody stumbled upon consciousness hacking and said, wow, I wish there was a chapter in my city. And then they reached out and said, I want to start one. Is there, or is there a chapter here or can you connect me? And then usually I hop on a call with them and, and if they seem like very aligned humans, then, then I'll give them what they need to be able to start a monthly meetup in in their city. I think there was only one person that I went after. Her name is Lauren Bailey and she's in the Seattle region. And it was just because she was so aligned as a human that I I had to tell her about it. And she was a yes. And and they're very active right now. That's awesome. Were there things like, you know, did you, have you gotten any press? Have you done any paid advertising? Have you, I mean, when you say mostly organic, is it, is it truly that like just people find it, they want to find it and they sign up? 
we don't do any SEO or SEM, so search engine optimization or search engine marketing. Once in a while, we might put out a Facebook ad for a conference, but most of our events, we don't do any, like we don't pay for any marketing. Uh, we might do some partnership marketing, which honestly, we rarely do that as well. A lot of our partners will ask us to market their events. And when it comes down to it, a lot of our events are sold out, at, le at least in San Francisco. So we haven't, I think a part of it is just because the community is so tight. We haven't had to do as much marketing, but we had to do a lot of community building, like a, a lot. What is the process for accepting the people that are going to run the groups look like? And how has that evolved over time? So in the beginning, I, I'm not one of the founders of Consciousness Hacking. Uh, Mikey Siegel is. And in the very beginning, it was just some of his friends who were in New York who came by to stay and they, they wanted to run a chapter. And so he said, well, this is what I'm doing. I didn't think that there was going to be another chapter starting. He started this because he was an engineer and on the side, he liked to meditate and have deeply emotional conversations and processing and a spiritual life. And he was hoping that there would be a community where all of them would exist in the same place. So he started this in his living room with eight people with no idea that it was going to grow. And then all these people from all over the world said, I want this too. So they started to call in. And so the process is I'll get on the phone with them or on a zoom call with them. And I will see if they're aligned. If, if they are interested in building a community with these types of people, instead of just having a place or a pedestal to, to speak to a group or to help their business, if they're truly aligned in hoping that the world could be a better place, if people could build technology to help human flourishing, then, and, and they want to build community, it's usually a good pick. Consciousness hacking is sort of like startup grind in that the community is the product, like the community is everything, whereas a lot of other people have a community on top of a product. And I wonder uh, what what that's been like to kind of build those in tandem for you and, and in this sort of the history of it. Just, you know, is it, do people naturally understand what it is? Are you having to educate people as to just what you are to begin with and then hey it's these events and meetups and groups and gatherings together or is it just sort of natural and fluid for people to sort of understand how all of that fits together without the sort of context or frame of reference of something else bringing them into the community i think it's very hard for people to understand because what is consciousness it's, it's one of those things where you're like what is it and and how do i hack it like and for everybody, it's a little bit different. And even me, I don't even know if I have deep clarity. But what I do have deep clarity on is that this is a, a community of people I want to spend time around. And that if we have, it, it, it might even evolve over time. Right now, it is the intersection between modern technology or something that runs on electricity and human flourishing or consciousness. But that might change. It just so happens that the people haven't, the deeply rational, emotional, and spiritual people haven't changed. What is expected of me as a leader? Like, what do I need to do? And is there some sort of unofficial or official agreement that I make with you as I start to take on one of these chapters and sort of become a leader in the community? Right now, I am hoping for consistency because... I believe that consistency is what builds community, kind of like why churches have been one of the most, I have to be honest, I've never been to church before, but <laughs> um, churches have been one of the most consistent communities in the world and the most connected. And I believe it's because they meet every Sunday, rain or shine, and 
in the same place. And so if I could build a chapter, I would want them to do, they can pick the date, maybe every third Tuesday of the month. And everybody knows that every third Tuesday of the month, there's going to be a gathering. And so right now it's just once a month. And the only thing that's expected of them is to build a community that starts small so that they could build a culture that is wonderful. I never expect them to run a large event in the very beginning. In fact, I ask them not to. Why is that? When there's a really large event, a culture hasn't been built yet. So maybe the culture of connection and friendliness and everybody who sees a stranger says, hi, what's your name? I think that it's much easier to already have the base of people, maybe 50% to 80% of the people are, are already living that. So when new people come, they can latch on. They're like, oh, wow, what a beautiful culture and beautiful way to connect. People here are so friendly and they ask really good questions instead of what do you do? I've seen you do that really well at Startup Grind as well. It's, uh, I, I think uh, the question that I've received at Startup Grind events were, uh, what is something that you're passionate mm. about? That's really cool. Yeah, a lot of times we say to people like, have you asked the person next to you how you can help them? And because most people, most of the time, even, you know, we sort of automatically go to talking about ourselves and sort of trying to, trying to speak. And, you know, when you can learn more from listening than, you know, probably and get more out of it than if you're speaking and, and trying to just, you know, jam your message down people's throats, which, which a lot of people in the star world like to do. You know, you, you use this sort of analogy of, of a church with community, and I think you're absolutely right. Like, consistency, the cadence, is vital to sustaining a long-term community. And is, if something's done, you know, once every three years, is that a community? Probably not. And even if it's done maybe once every three months, you know, you, depending on what it is, you're sort of, it's getting more and more diluted. But once a month, there's something sort of special feel like in that monthly cadence. I wonder what you've seen with that. Like what is special about having a repeatable gathering on a monthly basis that that sort of brings out positive results? Like what is that? I probably would say that I have had more experience with that with another community that I used to run called One Salon than I do with Consciousness Hacking. Because by the time I came across Consciousness Hacking in San Francisco, it was already a very large community. And most of the events were already getting sold out. At One Salon, we were every single Tuesday, 7 p.m., no matter what, there would be if there wasn't a speaker, then there would be some sort of facilitated improv and a free form hangout or a potluck. And that was the place where I met some of my best friends, including Michael, who introduced me over to you guys and the roommates that I'm currently living with and people who got me my job at Square or uh, even consciousness hacking. And because we were there every single Tuesday, we were able to deepen our friendships in a way that I, I had never really experienced before, except in Argentine tango, which was an obsession of mine. So of course I had to experience it. I didn't live anything else. So, so one salon meeting every single Tuesday and, and it, and it wasn't a church, but it was for a lot of people, what they would call a secular church and every single religion or way of thinking was accepted. And it was a, it was beautiful. Awesome. Where have you found new community members? Like, or how do they find you? How do people find out about it? How did more people get involved? And how does it, you know, you said you haven't done any sort of major paid marketing or anything like that. So they must be finding it somehow. A lot of it, I feel, is through Facebook. Facebook recently has gotten so 
good with their organic marketing that when your friends click interested or attending to an event, everybody else is also going to click interested or attending to an event. And the topics that we have are, I don't know, we try to make the titles pretty provocative. Yeah. The next one is called creating synchronicity. And that will be a physicist who has also studied synchronicity. And, and so, and, and so it would be a workshop and, and, and people would be like, how do you create synchronicity? So they might click into that. Others are tech to reduce human suffering. And then underneath, we would say with investor Boshow. So a lot of people are like, oh, investor, I want to show up for that. What else? Empathy workshop would be another. With yeah, empath. that's really smart. And, and, and it's very thoughtful. I feel like a lot of these kinds of programs and events that you see are the vast majority of them are not thoughtful. Uh, and the vast majority of them are sort of thrown together. And so if you're sort of, you know, it, hearing a title like that says to me that, wow, whoever's organizing this really is deeply thinking about it and is, and that's the kind of person that I want to be around if I'm interested in this area. And then we sneak in some things to make people feel more connected, like improv games or connection things at the very beginning and maybe even some movement. They don't know this coming into the event, but it, it keeps them coming back when they feel more connected to another human. Do you do the same, like, are the same topics happening all around the different 50 cities? Are you mixing them up? Are you doing monthly themes or quarterly themes or anything like that? Or are they connected from a content standpoint? I wish that I was better at managing 50 cities all at once. I'm, <laughs> I don't think that I'm as on top of it as I would like it to be. So I don't know exactly what they're doing at all times. But sometimes some of the leaders will send over and they're like, In your oh, consciousness, you know, you do know somewhere what's going on, right? You must. But just saying it's not right in front of you all the time. It's not right in front of me all the time. I don't look <laughs> at every single event, but I build trust with the people that I bring on as leaders. So I trust them to put on something. And, and when we have a conversation, I'll give them the list of events that we have put on and say, Hey, please be aligned here. And yesterday, in fact, I just finished writing the doc, which I'm sure you must've written for your startup grind chapters. My, my role is new. I've never actually, this role has never existed at consciousness hacking until this year. But I just finished writing the doc for how to start a community in your city. Yeah, I think we've written it and rewritten it and written it and rewritten it and thrown it away and started over. And well, I, th I think I just wrote one again recently, actually. It's really? Like, well, it always changes, right? Because as you say, like, wow, we're having all these good results from Facebook. So the whole dynamics of how you build it now change. And, you know, this is how you should react on Facebook. Oh, and now something else pops up or people are spending time here or they're really liking like these topics and the content, like, I don't know, like if one of the beautiful things about these kinds of monthly events is every month it's like a new product launch and you can tweak and test and try new things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that document of how to build a community, I mean, you're, I would guess like every day or every week, maybe every month, it's more measurable that you actually have things that you're, you know, that you're improving on and changing and sort of your own, mindset of how to do it is is improving and tweaking is every month. Yeah, that actually just reminds me of um of us releasing a new format called Chug Consciousness Hacking User Group, which is people getting together for facilitated deep discussion. And instead of writing out what it is, we said, here's the link, email Kim at cohack.life to get the most updated version because we we keep reiterating on it. Where do, you, where do you think my, the mindfulness trend is going 
in the next few years? I think it's only expanding. I mean, mindfulness is happening in, in companies all over. In fact, mindfulness is like a, a very catchy word that I don't use a lot of the time. I think it's just being more aware, being more aware of where I am, of where others are, of how we relate to each other. That's going to, I think that's absolutely going to be growing. And at the same time, I live in San Francisco and something I heard from one of the Seattle chapter leaders is that the future is here, but not yet evenly distributed. And so I am hoping that it's going to, to really, really grow beyond places like San Francisco and Seattle and large cities, but I think it might take time. Yeah. I love that. I love, that's a beautiful way to phrase it. Consciousness hacking over the next few years, what happens to it? And then I think just would love to get your sort of opinion on C2C uh, types of marketing or communities. Like, do you, do you see this as a trend that's continuing? Are we at our apex? Are we, is it, a, have we already peaked? I mean, how do you, how do you see it for your own community and the, just the trend in general? I think the trend is going up. Recently, I saw that Hack Mental Health just came out and I had dinner with the founders at my house a few weeks ago. And, and things mental health and consciousness and mindfulness related are, are absolutely taking off. And it's, it's something that we haven't paid a lot of attention to. And I think Mikey was really onto something when he started this, was it like eight years ago, seven years ago? And really he was doing it for himself, but now a lot of people want that for themselves. So I, I do believe that this is going to take off. And finally, as we wrap up, I'd love to just hear what communities inspire you. Are there any communities that you look at and you say, wow, like that's, I love what they're doing or that's, you know, they're sort of cutting edge or just, they could be even very small, but just doing something that you, that you think is really interesting and, and really community driven. I already told you this earlier, Derek, but I am inspired by Startup Grind and, and see that Startup Grind is very similar to consciousness hacking, but way ahead. And, 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 and as I told you earlier, I remember you at 50 cities and now what are you guys now? Like, yeah, 650. 650. Oh my goodness. Not a paid advertisement, but <laughs> just continue on. This this line of thinking is good to get on tape. So yeah. just keep saying whatever nice things you want about Startup Grind. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and I've been to and I've been to your conference many years in a row and it keeps growing. Another community that I I recently heard of is is Sidewalk Talk and we're partnering with them on Sunday for to listen to strangers speak in the sidewalk of San Francisco. But this was started by a psychotherapist named Tracy Rubel. And she she's she's really an inspiring character for me as well. And she felt that the root of mental health was from people not being heard and seen. So she set up all these chairs on the sidewalks of San Francisco with 26 other therapists. She got all her therapist friends to come up with the curriculum and training on how to listen to people and make them feel heard. And also to connect to people without absorbing their energy, which sometimes is difficult for people, especially if they're empathetic. And so she trains people to go out and listen and help people feel heard. And I think that's a, like that kind of connection, I feel like is such a, a, uh, an important first step to help with mental health. So that's not a community that I've been deeply a part of, but I, after seeing it, they're in about 140 cities now. I, I would love to, to be a part of that and, and see more of that and see where that goes. Yeah. I think, you know, as you talk, as you mentioned, Hey, I remember when you're in 50 cities, I remember sitting in a room with someone many years ago and they said, how are we going to get to 500 cities? And, and I remember laughing and thinking, I, I just don't even know how that's possible. I mean, I've just done the last hundred. I, I can't imagine us even, I don't even know if there's enough places to be in 500 cities. And then as you sort of get bigger and bigger and as you hit the next milestones and then you realize 
and you see others doing it too. I mean, we see Duolingo and, you know, Salesforce or Google or other people who are in thousands of cities. And we think, well, if they can do it, why can't, you know, why can't somebody like consciousness hacking or why can't startup grind do it? Like, you know, if, if, if the people want it, then let's do it wherever they are. You know, you're, you've just built something and are part of something that seems to have this very unnatural or very natural, I should say, momentum, organic momentum uh, that people say, hey, like we, we need this, we want this. And that to me is the, the core of all the great communities. They all have that kind of uh, momentum and drive that the users and the world says, we must have this, you must give this to us. And, and so uh, it's really exciting to see. Out of curiosity, Derek, is that what happened with Startup Grind? People are like, how can we bring Startup Grind to our city? And, you, and, and that's why you expanded? Exactly. Yeah, I never, it never even occurred to me that we should do it in other places. And then someone just walked up to me after an event and said, we need this in LA. And I said, well, you must have 20 of these. And he said, no, we don't. Well, we have events, but we don't have communities with these values and the brand and what you're doing. It's really special. And I said, I don't think you go to, I don't think you really know what's going on in LA. <laughs> and it turned out I was wrong. Like most of the times in my life that I have a good, in, I think I have a good insight. So then we did it. And then that really went from city to city to city, just like that. And, and what's most exciting for you about community these days? And, and now that you've talked to so many people who are in community, what's most exciting? You can't turn the interview on me. This I'm... is, this is an, I'm interviewing you. You can't ask, <laughs> you can't, this is unfair. Now it's, I'm, like, you know, now I'm dominating this podcast, which I dominate anyways, because I do all the interviews. But look, I, I think it's this thing that was just sort of, this organic trend that, you know, that we started and Mikey, you know, like I think it's interesting around about the same time, a lot of these things started to kind of pop up, you know, and then companies too, they started to create these kinds of things. A lot of them around about the same time. Um, and it's the same sort of kind of people starting, starting them as well, whether it's, you know, from nothing or whether it's inside of a, an organization or, um, and so I think it's remarkable to me to see that, this sort of promise of digital relationships and friendships uh, that we were all sold over the last, you know, 20 years of the internet, it's turned out that it's not all it's cracked up to be. And there is something about getting together in person with human beings that creates all sorts of positive things, uh, whether that's to your point of, of sidewalk talk, like whether it's improving mental health, which would be, is incredible, whether it's improving your your social or economic standing, or whether it's t tying you into a deeper conscious state. There's all these positive things, uh, whether it's helping your startup, you know, that seems like the most trivial of all of those other things. But any of these things that the, the ability for human beings to interact together, get in person together, uh, can solve a lot of problems that we're spending a lot of money and spending a lot of time eating a lot of drugs to that we think is going to solve it, but actually, we just need to talk more. And so I think it's exciting to see that in so many different applications. And it's exciting to see it happen outside of San Francisco. I know I love San Francisco and San Francisco is the place that needs at least we're, we're so saturated with events. And it's really exciting to see places that don't have places to meet up start to pop up with events as well. Gatherings for humans. Absolutely. And I think human beings are more and I'd love to get your take on this. We're much more similar than we are different. And it doesn't matter where you're in the world. You know, ultimately, people, I think at their most fundamental level, are just trying to take care of their kids and their families and themselves. And that's really the same across all geographic 
boundaries or barriers across all religious boundaries and barriers. It comes down to, you know, how do I, how do I take care of my kids? And if you sort of at that fundamental level and sort of look at people in that way, then, you know, then you'll find that you have much more in common with whether someone's in Ramallah, Palestine or Tel Aviv, Israel or Rwanda or Somalia or, you know, Chongqing, China, you know, we're all pretty much the same at the most basic level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod. <laughs>